well take your Bible this morning. We're glad that you're here. And let's turn to um, Romans chapter number 13. Romans chapter number 13. <laughs> Romans 13. Well, I heard, you know, the holidays have been going on. And I heard about this lady and her husband went Christmas shopping like people do. And anyway, they got out, and they were going, they took their whole Christmas list with them, and they were going to wipe it out in one day. And so there they were, and they went to wipe it out, and they got separated in the shopping centers and all that area. And finally, after a while, the wife got frustrated, so she called her husband. She said, where in the world are you? She said, I've gotten, I haven't even got halfway through this list, and I can't even find you. You're supposed to be helping me. And he said, well, he said, you remember that jewelry store? The men you went to right before we got engaged and they had that big diamond ring that we couldn't afford back then. Tears come up in her eyes. And she changed her whole emotion. And she said, yeah, I remember. He said, well, I'm in the gun store just next door to it. <laughs> Romans 13. <laughs> Romans chapter 13. <laughs> oh. Brother Jim Chandler called me yesterday and told me that one. So He's going to come be with us a Sunday in February, not a revival. They just come for a Sunday. I think that'll be fun. Morning and night. First Sunday of February. That'll be great, won't it? All right. Romans 13. Now, this time, I'm going to invite everybody to stand if you're willing to, if you're able to. Romans 13. <laughs> Romans chapter number 13. And notice what it says in verse number 11. It says, and that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now notice he said in the passage in verse 11, he said, knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The Bible has a lot to say about time. As a matter of fact, if you... Look, I'm not going to turn there. In James chapter 4 and verse 14, it says, Whereas not, uh, tells you not to worry about what's on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even as a vapor. It appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Now, I don't care who you are. Uh, we're not going to be here long. We're only here a short time. And the older a person gets, the more they realize that's all we have is a little time. Not much time at all. When I was a little boy, I grew up, and I thought I'd live forever. Is anybody else that way? And I didn't think you'd ever die. And then you get to a certain age, and you start realizing, you know what, maybe half of my life, if I lived a, a normal life, longevity, or maybe even more than half of my life, is already over, and it's behind me. And what comes to find out is when a year took forever when you was a little child, and the school year lasted forever and ever and ever, of course, the summer flies by, but the school, oh, no, no, no. Now, 10 years don't last very long. And decades fly by. A decade is not very long. And it's over before you even know it. And the whole point is, death will eventually get us all unless the Lord comes back first. 
And when I think about that, I think, what in the world are we going to do with our time? We're in the last Sunday of the year 2015, the very last Sunday of the year. And when you look back, and let me ask you this, don't answer it audibly, but think about in your mind and in your heart, what did you do with your time this year? Let me ask you a better question. What are you going to do next year? See, we're just about ready for next year. And we better get ready. The Bible says, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Talking to Christians. Meaning the Lord's coming back. It's high time. I always hear about those westerns and you watch them and they say, I'll meet you at high noon. That's what they'd always say. You say, what's that mean? It means exactly noon. High noon's exactly noon. It's the highest or most advanced stage of that period of noon. Right then. Dead on noon. And when the Lord says it's high time, what he's saying is it's exactly time. Right now. It's time for people to start serving. You say, how come? He's coming back. That's how come. You better get ready. Time is short. You don't have long. Life is short. Death is sure. Sin the curse. Christ the cure is the old saying from years and years ago. But anyway, I'm going to preach for just a little bit on it's high time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now for the blessings you've given us. Thank you for letting us come together. Thank you for all these good people that's worked so hard to uh, get here this morning. And it was an effort today. And thank you for these great men. We wouldn't have church, Father, if these men hadn't stood out in the rain and parked cars. And, Father, we're thankful for each and every one of them and for their sacrifice they've given this morning. And bless them. Give them a special blessing for what they've done. Thank you for letting us be here. We know you're going to do something good. May you bless us now and watch over us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Now let me say this morning, it's high time. There's several things we can say about that. Say we didn't take up an offering. Well, it ain't high time, but it will be in a minute. Y'all don't let me forget that either. (laughs) But it's high time. You say, how come? Well, we got electric bills to pay. (laughs) But anyway, let me say, we're not talking about that, but let's talk about this for a minute. It's high time. I've got just about four things to say about it being high time. And these are very important things, and I think everybody ought to pay attention to this. Number one, it's high time to get saved. If you've never been saved, it's high time to get saved. If you're going to get saved, you'd better get saved. You're not promised of tomorrow. Time is short. Many people have had good intentions to get saved, and they put it off, and they put it off, and they didn't go to heaven when they died. And the reason they didn't is because they had good intentions, but they never did it. They aim, but they never pulled the trigger. Oh, we need some people today that realize it's high time to get saved. You better get saved when you have the opportunity to be saved. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 1, it says, He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. What what he's saying is, he that being often reproved, That's a person that's heard the gospel, the good news, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they've heard it over and over and over again. And they've had opportunities to be saved. See, they've heard it. They've been often reproved. Many times people have told them about the Lord coming and how He was virgin born. We had Christmas last Sunday. We had a Christmas Sunday and we thought about that and how good it was. And how He was virgin born and how He lived a sinless life. Of his, for 33 and a half years. And then he died on the cross at Calvary and shed his precious blood so that me then you can be saved. And then they took him and they put him in a borrowed tomb and they laid him there and they put a stone in front of the mouth of the tomb and they put guards around it. But on the third day, the Bible says, he arose from 
left the grave and is alive today. You say, what is that? That's the gospel. A man said, that's the gospel in a nutshell. No, ma'am. No, sir. That's the gospel, period, according to the Bible. Jesus died for me and you. See, we've heard it over and over. Thank God we live in America. In America, we hear the gospel. We've heard it preached. We celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Easter. All kinds of different holidays that have to do with the gospel. You wonder why America is the greatest country in the world? I'll tell you why. We started with the right God is how come. That's what makes us so great. We can thank God for that. Every country has one, but we've got the right one, and it's the God of heaven, and I'm glad to have him. But see, it's high time to get saved. People have been told over and over and over again. But the Bible says, He that been often reproved hardeneth his neck. You say, what's that? That's saying no to the gospel. It's not any different than hardening your heart. Hearing the gospel time and time again. But each time you hear it, you say, no, not today. Maybe next week. Maybe next time. I'll get another opportunity. But let me say, you only have a little time. And the Bible says, it's high time. It's high time to get in. I mean, right now. Not tomorrow. Not next Sunday. But today is the time. Don't you say no to the gospel. I found this out. People say no to the gospel. The Holy Spirit speaks to our heart in a still, small voice. I don't believe in all this. People say, well, I, I heard the Lord showed up in my bedroom last night, and there he was. I don't, I'll just bounce with you. I don't believe that. <laughs> this is not what I believe. I believe we have a Bible, the Word of God. I'm not saying those people are bad people. I don't mean that. I just don't believe like that. And I believe we have God's Word, the Bible. And I believe there's a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And God uses the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts in a still, small way inside of our conscience. And we know when it's God speaking to us. I mean, somebody as big as God talking to you, He doesn't have to talk in a loud voice. You know who it is. And He works on you. And He goes after you and shows you that you need to be saved. And boy, I remember that first time the Lord got a hold of me and convicted me. I couldn't sit still. I mean, I was just nervous. And I was moving. And I, and I couldn't sit still. And I knew I should have done something, but I didn't do anything. And that went on. And then finally when I did, but I found this out. People that put him off and put him off, it starts out strong, the Holy Spirit dealing with them. But after a while, it gets a little weaker. And then a little weaker. And each time you say no, he gets a little weaker. At first, he knocks on the door real loud of your heart. And then it's like this. And then this. And then this. And the next thing you know, you don't hear him anymore. You say, what is that? That's the Lord not forcing Himself upon anybody. Hey, the Bible says to open the door. We're to let Him in, the Scripture says. He's not making anybody get saved. He wants you to be saved, but He won't make you. But people are saying no to the gospel. The Bible says, He that been often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed. You say, what is that? That's sudden destruction. There's no promise of tomorrow. Suddenly it takes place. You don't ever know when something's going to happen. What I'm saying is it's high time to be saved. If you've got the opportunity and you'll have it today, why don't you go ahead and do it? Why don't you trust Jesus? Why don't you be saved before it's everlasting? Too late before sudden destruction becomes on your life. And then he says, and that without remedy. What, I'm, what he's saying is there's no do-overs in eternity. You've got to do it right here. You've got to make sure in this life. I've had people tell me, they said, when I die, that's when I'll get saved. I'll wait till I die. I've had people say they'd wait till their deathbed. You're not promised that. I've got a, I know a man right now that's on his deathbed, and we've been praying for her, Brother Ruckman. 
And there he is on his deathbed, and he's unconscious. He's unresponsive, they said. He didn't know where he's at. But thank God in 1949, he accepted Jesus as Savior. He didn't wait till right now, see. And that's how you better be. You better not wait till the last minute. You better not wait until it's too late. You better go ahead and get saved and trust Jesus right now. He'll say, well, when I die, when I die, when I stand before God, it'll be too late. It's no do-overs in eternity. He only gives you one life to live. There's no remedy. It's high time to get saved. Exactly time. Right now. Today is the day of salvation. Let me say this. It's high time to get in church. It's high time. It's hard to preach to y'all this morning. My goodness, how could you preach? It's high time. You better get in church. And, and uh, you took a boat to get here. I mean, you wanted to be here today. It's hard to preach that to y'all. But maybe I can encourage you and remind you. Let's keep on doing what we're doing. I mean, we've got a bunch of people gone today. There's no doubt. We're down today as far as our crowd is concerned. But we still got a good crowd. It's a good crowd today. Thank God that you're here. But it's high time. We've got, we got visitors. Families of visitors are here today. Some of them told us that we'll be out of town this week, but we'll be back next week. I like that. Because we got church members don't do that. Amen. Somebody say, it ain't time to pray. Go ahead and quit bowing your head. I mean, let's go ahead and preach a little bit. Just the way it is. I mean, it shouldn't be that way. You have visitors more faithful than church members. Thank God for faithful visitors. We like them. But it's high time to get in church. I like the church. Let me rephrase that. I love the church. We was listening to me and Elizabeth, the preacher yesterday, was always traveling. He said some things that I've said many times. And he talked about how he loved the church. I thought, man, has he been listening to some of my sermons? He hadn't been. But he just loves the church too. And we're talking about church. We're talking about right here, this local church. I love the church. I love being in church. I love being a member of the church. I love the ministries. Of the church. I love the things of the church. I'll tell you something about church. I got saved because of a church. That's why I got, I didn't get saved in church, but it was, was because of a Bible preaching church that I got saved. I got baptized in church. Ain't that good? Hey, you know something else? I met my wife because of church. We got married in a church. We had our kids in church. Our kids have gotten saved in church. They got baptized in church. My best friends are in church. Sure, I love the church. But it's high time to get in church. I believe this with all my heart, that the local church is God's vehicle for ministry in the age we live in. It certainly wasn't in the Old Testament. There's no such thing as a church. But in the age we're in, that's what God's chosen to use, is the local church. I believe all missionaries ought to be sent out of a local church. I believe that uh, all preachers ought to be sent out of a local church. I just believe that. I believe that the, that the ordinances given from God are to the local church. That's baptism of the Lord's Supper. I believe that. If I didn't believe that, I'd probably quit church today. But I do believe it with all my heart. See, there's some good things about church. It's time to get in church. It's high time. It's time to join the church. My goodness, if you hadn't joined, get in. Get in. The water's good. Jeremy Cunningham said the crickets are biting good on the west side of the church. That's what you, crickets are working real well in a bit. That's pretty good. I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit's working real good in here. That's the best bait anybody could ever have. I've never been a part of a church like this church. It's the best there's ever been as far as I'm sorry. I preach in churches. I preach in uh, churches all the time. I'll be preaching in Tennessee, God willing, Wednesday night, because we're not having Wednesday night service. We're moving to Thursday this week. 
And then uh, Big Watch Night. So we're going to have fun Thursday night. But anyway, I've preached uh, this year. I've preached in Mexico. I've preached in North Carolina. I've preached in multiple churches in Indiana, Illinois, Tennessee, Missouri, multiple churches, all over Arkansas this year. And I think back about that. You say, why would you preach on certain? I guess that uh, they felt sorry for me or something. I don't know. But you know what? I preached in some great churches this year. But I've not preached in any church better than this church. I love this church. This is my church. And I don't mean I own the church. It's my church. It's where I go. It's what I'm part of is what I'm trying to say. You ought to get in. It's time to get faithful in the church. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. The Bible says as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Why, when we come together and we meet together in church, it's an encouragement to everybody else because we're of the same belief and we're here for the same reason. You're not the only Christian. There's a whole bunch of Christians in the building. And see, we've got the same agenda. We're not here to be big shots or to pat each other on the back. We're here to exalt the Savior. That's what the church is for anyway. Well, it's high time to get faithful in church. We ought to get in. Boy, if, if some people were as faithful in church as they are to sporting events, could you imagine? What if some people was is as faithful in church as they are to hunting things? I mean, and that, see, I'm involved in all this. <laughs> but what if uh, some people were as faithful to church as they are to, say, uh, shopping or sales or who knows what? What if people were that faithful in church? That's the way it ought to be. What if people are as faithful to church as they are school functions? I'm not against school functions. I'm for them. But I'm just saying, what if people treated church like that? Oh, we ought to get in is what we ought to do. I'm going to tell you something tonight, this morning. I love the school, but God didn't die for the school. And I love basketball, but he didn't die for basketball. And I love deer hunting. And I didn't kill one this year, but God willing, I may. And if I don't, I might kill one next year. I might kill four or five next year. You say, you can't shoot that many. Well, I might can. I don't know. I might hit a couple of my truck or something. Who knows? <laughs> you say, it didn't do any damage to you. I know. It's just laying there. That's good. <laughs> but it don't make any difference. But, uh, and I love those things. But the Lord didn't die for those things. He died for the church. It's time. It's high time. And we ought to support the ministries of the church. We ought to get in all the way. Let me say this morning, it's high time to get saved. It's high time to get in church. It's high time to begin reading our Bibles. High time. I'm kind of convicted about it. Now, I read my Bible through every year. I didn't read it through. I'm working on it again. Anyway, I enjoy reading. Every preacher ought to read their Bible through every year. There's preachers preaching that's never read their Bible through. I'm talking about preachers. Now, you boys, if you just surrender to preaching, I'm not even talking about you. I'm talking about preachers preaching for years is what I'm talking about. But if you hadn't read it through, you ought to start in is what you ought to do. <laughs> and say, I'm going to read it through. Say, but church members ought to read their Bible through. We ought to all read the Word of God. Lord willing, I'm going to do a whole lot more reading this coming year than I did this year. I felt like I did quite a bit this year. But I want to do more next year. I'm kind of convicted about it, so I'm going to try to do more. I heard one time there was a grandma up in her 90s, and she got up in age, and all she did was read the Bible all the time. Of course, she was retired and at home, and her grandkids would come over, and finally one of the grandkids said, Grandma, she said, why don't you read your Bible so much? 
And the grandma said, well, she said, I'm going to school. And she said, I'm getting ready for the final exam. <laughs> exam time is coming up and you better get ready. <laughs> Your final exam. Amen. It's high time to read it. The Bible tells us to read it. We ought to read the word of God from cover to cover. If you're ever going to read it, now's the time to read it. The Bible says in Isaiah 34, 16, seek ye out the book of the Lord and read, it says. We ought to read it on a daily basis. You ought to open the Bible up with your morning coffee or Diet Dr. Pepper in my case or whatever you have. I'm not old enough to drink coffee. But anyway, open that baby up and start reading the Word of God and start your day out right. That's how you ought to do. It's not just time and high time to read the Bible. It's high time to study the Bible. We ought to get doctrinally sound in the Word of God. I mean, get in it and know something about it. 173 in Sunday school with very few parking spots at our church this morning because of the floods and the, the rain out there. So well, there ain't floods. There is in our parking lot <laughs> and all the rain and everything. And still had not too far off from 200 today. On a day like today of all days, family after family is sick or out of town or whatever. And we still had a good crowd. Thank God for that. I'll take that any day like today. And I, you say, what are they doing? They're here to study the Bible. Then we ought to study it. We ought to get in and learn it. We ought to get doctrinally sound. We got Sunday school teachers. We got Wednesday night teachers. And I've noticed it. They're pressing on our kids to memorize scripture. And they're giving them things. They're doing stuff for them. That, keep doing that. That's a good thing. They need to learn scripture. Then they can hide that in their heart. They'll know it the rest of their life. You get to a certain age, you memorize scripture and you forget it. <laughs> but when you're a kid, you can get it and you'll have it forever. Doctrinally sound. It's sad to say. But the average member of the average church knows very little about the Bible. And when something comes up, and I'm not getting on to anybody over this, but something comes up and people get at work and you get all these different religions involved. And I'm not even talking about religion. But you get different religions involved. And this side says this and that side says that. And you know what both sides do? They call their preacher. You know why? Because they know what they believe, but they don't know why they believe what they believe. Well, this is what I believe, but I can't show you in the Bible because I don't know where it's at. Now, let me say this morning, if you get to that case, you still contact your brother. I don't mind one bit, <laughs> and I ain't looking down there. But what I'm saying is there ought to be a point in time where we get so involved in the Bible and studying the Bible, and not just as a side thing, but that we start making notes and we understand where the main doctrines of the Scripture are, where we can get down, and when somebody asks of your faith, that you're ready to give an answer to the good hope that's inside of you. Because you've been found in the Word of God. We ought to get back in it. See, it's high time to get in the Bible. I'll tell you something else. It's high time. This is my last one. So that's quick. It's high time for the Lord to return. It's high time. And I didn't even say it was time. I said it's high time. He said there in verse 11, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. Most Christians are asleep on God. They're like Jonah. For now is our salvation nearer than we believe. He said that 2,000 years ago. You know how close it is now? You say, you one of those preachers, you're going to tell us when the Lord's coming? Nope, I'm not one of those because I don't know when He's coming. I just know that He is coming. Because the Bible says so. And it's high time. You know what He said? He said, when these things begin to come to pass... He said, look up for your redemption, draweth nigh. And the things that he listed, they're happening a whole lot right now. Everything that's going on that he said would happen, it's happening right now. 
We ought to be looking up for the Lord to return. I'm ready for him to come back. He'll say, well, we know we study end times, and you went up to Indianapolis and did an end times conference for that church up there and other churches you've done them for and that kind of stuff. You say, why do you do that? Because we're in them right now. I'm telling you, you better get ready. It's high time to get in. He said it'd be like it is. You know what he said? He said two men will be getting married is what it says in the Bible. In that day, it'll be just like it was in days a lot, two women. You know what he said during that time? He said nation will rise up against nation. That's what he said will happen. He said in that time, children will be disobedient to their parents. That's what he said. He said in that time, at the end times, he said men will be lovers of their own selves more than they are of God. That's why they got the selfie sticks, y'all. <laughs> look at me. <laughs> well, you're a big shot, aren't you? Yeah, look at you. Pull up their Facebook page, and they got 2,700 pictures of themselves. <laughs> Gee, something. And they're always, you know, putting other things. <laughs> I threw up on my phone three times looking at somebody's page the other day. <laughs> Get over yourself. I don't even have Facebook. You say, how come? Because I ain't taking pictures of myself. <laughs> My goodness. I'd break the camera. It's high time for the Lord to return. <laughs> now, we're having fun. I'm just having fun. But it's high time for the Lord to come back. He's coming. He said he was. You better be ready. It could be at any time. Let's stand together and we'll have our solar musician come.